Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome into a new week. Welcome into a Monday 10-game NBA slate. Welcome into a fresh start, right? Fresh start on your week, fresh start on your month, February 1st. Hope you all had a fantastic weekend. And we're breaking records today. We're breaking records because Super Jets, oh, those, those crazy motherfuckers, they, they don't care at all, right? Their last two contests over the weekend filled at 83% and 81%. Their big contest, $10,000 to first, ties the biggest contest that they've ever had for the NBA, right? They're growing. Their partnerships are growing today. Today is officially the biggest contest that they have had, at least that I've seen. And for by all accounts, by the tweets that I've been seeing from some of their people, it is the biggest contest $15,000 to first over 5,000 people in this super draft contest and again they've only been filling at like 80 percent right only been getting about 3,100 people in them I say only lightly as if that's a small number for a site that's a fantastic number but now they're throwing it all out there they're saying all right let's see if we can actually get this thing filled with a bigger prize pool tonight so all I know is that I'm going to be reserving some super draft entries because I don't think it's going to fill honestly it might only fill at 70 percent tonight but it's going to be fantastic because again the biggest prize pool yet for super draft and the only way that we continue to get these big prize pools is if people continue to play them and at this point it seems like a promotional thing right because hey if you're only gonna have 80 percent of your prize pool filled you're obviously paying the other 20 percent of that so it's taking money out of your wallet if you're super draft you're not getting raked you're kind of putting these contests up there almost at a cost at times or at least you're taking that wager so yeah again as always check out super draft those guys are crazy 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 starting the week off starting the month off right now with a record breaking night for just contests for the nba so i'm excited about that that's that's a fun thing to kind of wake up to this morning from when i want to kind of just start the the injury and status dashboard like we normally do the early interest we'll be getting into that again it's a big 10 game slate super draft slate tonight an eight game slate but the main slate on DraftKings is a 10 game slate so there's a good amount of injury news as you can see some of it on the screen right now we'll go through that on a team by team basis there's a good amount of early interest i have about 20 listed down but of course as always the projections and rankings will be updated based on any news we'll be back at 4 p.m east coast time live doing all of that stuff if you're watching on the youtube version you can see the code on the the screen if you want to sign up for super draft and get a free money bonus up to five hundred dollars if you're listening on the audio version that code is just my name sal so if you want to see what the hype is all about on super draft the multiplier format is growing it is honestly just right now it's taking off right last year kind of grew a ton now it's just shooting all the way off right now and you might as well get in there before it starts to become very competitive like some of these other sites because as of right now it's getting competitive yeah it's more competitive than it was a month ago six months ago a year ago right but it's nowhere near as competitive because the contests are obviously not filling all the way at just 80 percent you're never going to be finding that on DraftKings. so you have a massive advantage of just not paying rake having overlay and at the very worst, you're competing against 20% of the prize pool. If you want to picture it this way, on DraftKings, if you played in a contest with 100 people and you knew that 20 of them, because this is what's been happening the last couple of days on Superdraft, you knew that 20 of them were going to be putting zeros in every single one of their lineups. Wouldn't you play that one first, right? And that's exactly what's happening on Superdraft almost every single night now with their big contests, and yet people are still continuing to play some, you know, decent to bad contests on DraftKings. But when one contest is all the way filled and the other one isn't, it's just a no-brainer. So welcome and everybody. Like, subscribe to those things. Again, we'll be live at 4 p.m. East Coast. So we had a lot of people tuning in over the weekend yesterday for live stream. Did some weekend content for the NBA both days not sure how often I'll be doing that but it was just something where I had some time wasn't traveling this weekend so it was a fun time we met a lot of new people so welcome to the community if you're brand new welcome this is your first time finding me on the podcast or YouTube streets my name is Salvetri and I cover DFS in a bunch of different areas right now we're smacking you around we're educating you we're smacking you right throwing it at you right now and you digesting it you're trying to take it whatever sticks for you today in these NBA streets on a pretty big slate so pay attention right pay attention sit back relax uh, max all cool this is your time let's break into it with the injury and status dashboard quickly and then we'll get into kind of the early interest and why not just giving you plays that's just pointless ah this guy's cheap no, no, not just that giving you some actual reasons why looking at game flows looking at 
injuries and how it's going to be impacting stuff, looking at rates and things like that. We're going to be doing that here on the show this morning and breaking it down even more in depth later on on the live stream. So we can start off in alphabetical order. DeAndre Hunter, a lot of people might miss this because it didn't come up on a lot of injury reports, but he's out with a knee and he's going to have to get this thing looked at. He might have to get it clean. So it might be some time now. In that past game, he had Cam Reddish check directly in for him. And I think that Cam Reddish likely joins the starting rotation here, unless that out of nowhere, you're going to be seeing Gallo, Danilo Gallinari just take on more minutes. I don't think that happens just yet. So yeah, no Hunter is going to be pretty big for Cam Reddish, who on a 10 game slate doesn't look like fantastic value, but you get 33, 34 minutes out of Cam Reddish. If you can get that at his price point in the 4K range, it's decent. And Charlotte, big news here because Terry Rozier is questionable with an ankle. He left that last game early. Now, a couple of people benefited from that. You have Malik Monk playing 23 minutes. He's only $3,300. He's an okay punt option on the slate, but there's not that many 3K options as of right now in a pretty big slate. But then the obvious and the big one was that you ended up seeing LaMelo Ball play big minutes again. And when there's no Terry Rozier, he's just forced into these 30 plus minutes. It's not a game of LaMelo Ball. Eh, he's probably going to play 22, 24 minutes. Maybe he gets you to 26. No, it's now if there's no Terry Rozier, it's probably going to be 28 to 32 minutes. Terry Rozier played 18 minutes in that game. LaMelo Ball got a lot of usage after that. Uh, usage, not just usage, but minutes and production-wise. So yes, keeping an eye on Terry Rozier, it's going to impact Devontae Graham. It's going to impact a lot of people when this is a guy who normally on a bad night is going out there and getting 32 minutes. But lately, his game logs have been 34, 36, 37, 38, 39, 38, 35 minutes, right? Then he comes out and plays 18 because of the injury. So you're going to have to get more LaMelo Ball. You're probably going to get a little bit more Devontae Graham security in his minutes, and then a good amount more Malik Monk. Instead of Monk playing 10 to 12 minutes, he's probably going to play 24 to 25 minutes in this game, if not more. You head over to Chicago, and you're going to have a questionable Otto Porter with a back injury. You've seen over the past couple of games now, you've seen some really nice usage for Thad Young. Thad Young's price point has spiked up. If Otto Porter comes back, no interest in Thad Young. Even if he doesn't, if there's going to be ownership on Thad Young, I'm not going to get there. The price point has spiked up. Back-to-back games of 40-plus DraftKings points is nice to see out of Thad Young, but that's when he's at 4K. That's nice to see. Now when he starts to come into this 5 and even pushing the 6K range, it's really not something that I'm going to be all that interested in chasing after. He's at $5,700 now. It's not something that I think is going to be as consistently getting you there. In Denver, Gary Harris yesterday, this was left the game early at the front end of the back-to-back with an adductor. He's questionable today. Keep an eye on that. TJ Dozier has also been out as of late. So Monty Morris picks up some more minutes. Campazzo would pick up some more minutes and some other guys there. David Nwab is going to miss at least two to three games for Houston. So just some depth, right? You're going to have more minutes and more security for guys like Jason Tate. We saw more increased minutes for Ben McLemore, Daniel House. So those guys are going to kind of split those minutes. Maybe it makes a couple of them are somewhat of values in the slate. Probably not something I'm going to go to all that much. With the Lakers, LeBron is always questionable with the ankle. You're going to have Anthony Davis questionable with the quad. He's likely, I assume that he plays in this game, just track it. He played in the last game, unless they want to give him some rest. He's now priced up to 9,800 after he finally, being underpriced in the 8K range, pops off for over 50 fantasy points, DraftKings points specifically. So Anthony Davis really not in play for me, but if he's out, obviously it bumps up a lot of other guys on that team. Joe Val is out with health reasons. So in this last game, you saw Brandon Clark start that game. He played decent minutes. He missed about two minutes at the end of the game because of the blowout. So Brandon Clark would have played 28 and a half minutes because of that game. But then you had Gorgie Dang, who saw increased run because of the blowout. But Gorgie Dang played 12 and a half minutes in the first half. So Gorgie Dang was going to play about 25 minutes in this game. And he was playing alongside Brandon Clark. So those guys benefited the most, I would say, without no Joe Val out there. And I'm expecting similar things today for guys that are still cheap, right? Yeah, Brandon Clark's in the 6K range, but starting center looks decent. A very high quality player dating back to last year over a fantasy point per minute in production. And then Gorgie Dang, a similar fantasy point per minute producer who's now in the 4K range, right? So it offers some value there. We can now move to Miami, which has been like for the last three weeks, it's just been kind of a saga of what's happening with the health issues here, what's happening with some other injuries. So, and it's both of those today, right? You have Goran Dragic questionable with the groin injury. Avery Bradley is also questionable. Mo Harkless already ruled out as well as Chris Silver and Myers Leonard. So a lot of guys already ruled out. Some depth pieces, nothing too crazy for the most part. So track Goran Dragic. If he's in, really no interest in Kendrick Nunn either way at this point with Jimmy Butler back playing bigger minutes with his price point up none. So Goran Dragic, if he's in, he's kind of a wash with Butler back. It really, it's going to impact some things in terms of minutes and where usage goes, but where the price points are out on these guys, it's really not going to impact my interest in either of uh, Kendrick Nunn or Goran Dragic, whether Dragic's are in or out. Tyler Hero at $7,100 price is coming down questionable for health. They're saying he might have to enter 
after quarantine. So if that's going to be the case, I would assume that he's going to miss this game if it's like up in the air right now, unless I guess he, you're waiting on maybe some test results. But Tyler Hero, if he was out, then yeah, you can get some more usage for some other guys as well. Feel a little bit more secure in the shot attempt for a guy like Jimmy Butler, but it's a similar situation. Tyler Hero's priced up to this point. Now it's coming down a little bit, but he's still priced up above 7K as if Jimmy Butler wasn't out there playing full minutes, right? So I think Tyler Hero starts to get back into like a $6,500 player once he's back in the swing of things. Butler's back for a couple games. Bam stays healthy. So there's some news in Miami for sure. It's going to impact maybe some of your depth pieces like an Andre Godawa for value. Kendrick Nunn's already priced up. So not too much there that I'm looking at all that much right now. In Minnesota, we had yesterday Nazareth miss the front end of the back-to-back with a wrist injury. He's going to be questionable today. If he's out, you, you know what's going to happen. It's just Ed Davis picks up minutes and he kind of fills like 20 minutes or so. He doesn't do much with them. And it's just kind of a filler. It's not like Nazareth is somebody going out there playing 33 minutes a night. You're hoping to get like 26 minutes out of Nazareth when he plays because of foul trouble and just the way that he matches up against some players. So sure, you're going to get a little bit of increased run for Ed Davis, who again, he'll probably play 20 to 22 minutes, not do anything of all that much nature with those minutes. And then you're going to get Jared Vanderbilt, somewhat of a big, a power forward, getting some more run. You're going to have Jake Lehman and Jalen Noel pick up some more minutes in the rotation. But if Najee is out, I mean, you already have Ed Davis being who he is. Sure, he's a cheaper play that you get 20 to 22 minutes. You're hoping to get like 20 something fantasy points out of him. I'm not all that enticed by it. So a lot of these question marks so far are really one way or another. They're going to change some things, but nothing that impactful early on. We can finish up some of this other stuff in the slate. You have Steven Adams, who's priced down 5,400 if he plays, especially against Sacramento, who's a somewhat smaller team since they're not playing a lot of Hassan Whiteside this year, right? You have Rashawn Holmes and then some Bagley sliding in at the five. Steven Adams looks like a quality play. I question the ceiling. It's like a really good game out of Steven Adams these days is like 35. Obviously, I think he could score 40 plus. He has this year, but it's like 35. So on average, he's getting you 30 and he's just kind of that guy in your lineup. And when it takes up a center spot where there's a lot of value at center, usually because of big slates, and there's also a lot of upside at center, it's harder to get to Steven Adams, but the price point looks fair if he does indeed play. Now he's questionable with that calf injury. And if he was to miss today, I think that you would see Jackson Hayes, finally their second year player that we're hoping can get some more run, basically just playing the direct backup minutes of like 13 to 15 a night, sometimes 16 for Steven Adams. If he plays, yeah, Jackson Hayes at $4,000 flat becomes a very strong play, becomes somebody that you want to play, assuming that he starts. They can put Zion over to center and play him at the small ball center. And that would help Zion, who's just a very consistent producer at this point. You have Hernan Gomez out there as well, but Hernan Gomez this year so far, I think has played a combined of 12 minutes. So it would be the second year player in Jackson Hayes. So Jackson Hayes would start to look like a very good play if Adams was to miss today. You have Nerlings Noel, 3,600, missed the front end of the back-to-back yesterday afternoon. He's basically been backing up Mitchell Robinson so far this year. He can play anywhere from 16 to 20 minutes a game, and that's good to see. Now you can probably have Randall pick up a couple more five minutes. You might see Taj Gibson jump into the game. Yesterday, Taj Gibson with no Nerlings Noel did play 18 minutes, didn't do much with them, was 0 for 4 shooting. He did have a decent amount of peripherals, five rebounds. I believe he had an assist and a block in that game. Scored about 10 fantasy points. He's the flat $3,000. So Taj Gibson's not going to grade out as a great play today. You probably see if there's no Noel again, 16, 18 minutes out of Taj Gibson. He can score you 20 points at $3,000 flat. So it's at least worth mentioning that Taj Gibson, he's played one game this year before that, and he got one minute in that game since they've signed him. But now you have him potentially looking like if there's no Noel again, playing more minutes. George Hill is out yet again. And Theo Maldon, Theo Maldon has played very good. Theo Maldon has been seeing 30 plus minutes in two games now with no George Hill. This is their rookie for Oklahoma City Thunder. In that last game, he scored 24 real life points. Now in two games at 30 minutes and 33 minutes without George Hill, he's put up 24 DraftKings points at 3,700. And then the price point dropped to 3,400 and he put up 36.75. Now his price points up a decent amount. It's up a nice little bump to $4,300, but he's still a value on the slate if we could rely on 30 minutes of play out of him, right? And decent shot volume. Now he shot eight of nine and six of six from three point land against Brooklyn on the 29th. Do not expect 36.75 points from him if he's not taking a good amount of shots. And with some of these other players on the team, most notably SGA, I would not expect a good amount of shots for him, right? You're going to get six to eight shots, but he's a decent assist player. And we really haven't seen that yet, right? He's only had three and two assists and he's been a pretty quality assist player about 20% so far in the season for them. So Theo Maldon, we can talk about him more on the early interest, but he is somebody that I'm going to be looking at, but do not, if he's going to 
to be very, very highly owned. You can pivot away on a big slate in the 4K range because a lot of people are going to own him because he shot 100% from three-point land and 90% from the field in their last game. If he goes out there at 4,300 and scores you 22 points, it's not killing you if you don't have him. Even if he scores 24, it's not killing you if you don't have him. And then we can finish it up with Phoenix in Portland with Phoenix. Devin Booker questionable with a hamstring. Cameron Payne already ruled out today. So just keep an eye on that. If Devin Booker is in, all these guys are priced up. Booker at 83, Chris Paul and Aiton have been priced up since Devin Booker has not been out there. McCall Bridges is still his normal price point. Priced up Jay Crowder, priced up Cam Johnson. So if Devin Booker is in, Phoenix for the most part is seems to be off the table. Like you can get to an $8,000 Aiton, but all these guys are basically canceling each other out all season long. And now they're all priced up. So if Booker is out, yeah, go back to Aiton if you want. I probably prefer Chris Paul the most. We can talk about that more in the early interest. No Derek Jones Jr. is going to lead to even more minutes for Gary Trent. Going to lead for even more minutes for Rodney Hood off the bench. Anthony Simons in the rotation for Portland. So he's out. He's been playing big minutes this year, 27 minutes a game. At some stretches, he was playing 30 plus, consistently playing in the mid-20s and minutes so far this year for Portland. So he is now out, adding more minutes to that rotation. So that is your injury and status dashboard for the 10-game slate. Big old slate, right? Slapping your big old booty. Big old slate right now. The 10-game slate. We will now get into the early interest. And as we get into these early interests on this massive slate, do me a little bit of a favor and hit that like button, right? If you have not already. The subscribe button's popping up, right? It's doing its thing right now. Hopefully, I remember to put that bad boy in there if you're watching on the YouTube video. Hit that notification bell again. Live at 4 p.m. East Coast time. If you're hanging out, about to leave work, if you're coming back on your commute, if you're on the West Coast or wherever coast you're on right now, you're on your lunch break, you're waking up, whatever it is, come join us live, ask a question, hang out, relax, max all cool with your boys, with the fellas. Appreciate y'all a bunch. So let's start the early interest in alphabetical order. We'll start with Atlanta and Trey Young, who has been on fire, who's been playing more consistently big minutes, who's been taking bigger shot attempts. This is his last couple of games, 26, 22, 23, 22, and 18 shot attempts. He's been putting up 50 or more DraftKings points in seven straight games. So he's due to come down to earth, right? Quote unquote do. No, it's very difficult for somebody to come down to earth. And now there's no DeAndre Hunter. So that's somebody who's taking a decent amount of shot attempts, you know, maybe six to 10 a game, around eight a game for DeAndre Hunter. And now you're having Trey Young shooting very well. He's shooting well, but he's just taking massive, massive volumes and the minutes are there. He's no longer just playing like he was at points in this year, like 33 to 34 minutes. Like if it's a close game, lock him in for 36, lock him in for maybe 40 plus minutes of play. Trey Young in the season is now seeing a 33 and a half percent usage rate, 59% effective field goal rate, shooting 37% from three and averaging 1.35 fantasy points per minute. A lot of producers that average 1.35 fantasy points per minute, yeah, they should be around the mid nine K range. But for a guy who's averaging well over that over his past couple of games, over the last couple of games, he's averaging closer to 1.5 fantasy points per minute. Yes. Trey Young at $9,300. The price point hasn't moved. This is the thing. Like if they finally got Trey Young up to like $9,800 to $10,000, and yes, sure, he's been going off these last seven games. Now we can't play him. The price point literally has not budged on Trey Young. So there's going to be situations where, okay, and eh, now you don't want to buy high on the guy. No, this has been his price point over the last couple of games. It's actually gone down since his first game of scoring 50 points. He was $8,900. Then he went up to 94, then 93, 96, 91, 92, and 91. He's basically stayed the exact same price, even though he's continued to see the big minutes in big volume. Trey Young at $9,300 is probably my favorite play in that 9K range. We can now go to LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball is in play either way at 6500 like even if Terry Rozier plays because he has a ceiling, but I'm probably not playing LaMelo Ball all that much. Like, get him in sparingly 150 lineups if Terry Rozier is in. If Terry Rozier is out, and I assume maybe they'll start Malik Monk still just to keep ball off the bench, but I assume you're going to get 30 minutes or more on LaMelo Ball either way if he comes off the bench or if he starts. And I mean, if he comes off the bench, he's going to see massive usage with guys out there like Bismack, Biombo, and Miles Bridges running around next to him, right? So LaMelo Ball, if there's no Terry Rozier, is a priority for me today. At 6,500, he becomes a, a pretty big priority. In that past game where Terry Rozier missed, again, LaMelo Ball has now played 30 minutes in back-to-back games, and he got more secured minutes after 18 minutes of play of Terry Rozier before Rozier went down with an injury. And LaMelo Ball 
on his time when he actually gets the time to play. Now, obviously, the reason they don't want to have him out there, defense is a liability, right? A somewhat less deceptive offense, if you will, but you have LaMelo Ball out there so far this year, averaging 1.28 fantasy points a minute, easily leads this team, seeing a 24% usage rate, basically neck and neck with Gordon Hayward this year, and he's picking up a lot, a lot of assists at this point. A 36% assist percentage is going to get you there. He's all over the place. He's averaging three steals per 100 possessions. Those are elite numbers. So LaMelo Ball is a priority for me today once or if Terry Rozier gets ruled out. You head over to Cleveland where Andre Drummond is going to be getting a lovely matchup on the second night of a back-to-back where he goes yet again for like 20 points and 20 rebounds. And now he's going to face Minnesota. And I just don't know how this isn't a fantastic matchup. This is a $10,000 player, Andre Drummond, who's averaging so for this year, a 41% defensive rebounding rate, who's averaging over 1.5 fantasy points per minute. Still no Kevin Love out there, right? This is a player who's going to be seeing just 28 minutes a game. Imagine if Drummond started playing 34 minutes a game like he did when he was with the Pistons. You're getting 60 a night out of this guy. You might legitimately get 30 rebounds often out of Andre Drummond if he was playing 34 minutes a night on this Cleveland team. But now he's going up against Minnesota. Minnesota, who might have Nas Reed out there. Okay, what's that going to do? They have no size. Now, sure, Ed Davis might bang around a little bit with Andre Drummond, but that's not really going to be scaring anybody. Who is it? Jared Vanderbilt? Is it Jake Lehman is supposed to be the stopper here? Like if Nas Reed is out, that's bad for Nas. Or if Nas Reed is in, that's bad for Nas Reed, not Drummond. So Drummond's a $10,000 player at 8,600. Like how many players that average one? Joel Embiid this year, when Ben Simmons is on the court and Tobias Harris, averages 1.53 fantasy points per minute. Now, the only difference is Joel Embiid is consistently playing 32 or 33 minutes. So that's why he gets priced at $10,000 flat. But Andre Drummond is consistently averaging the same fantasy points per minute, basically seeing 28 minutes a game, sometimes 30, and he's priced $1,400 to $1,500 less often than Joel Embiid. I get it. The minutes are the difference there, but he should at least be $9,200 a slate closer, I would argue, to like 9,500. So you consistently get this discount on a guy who has a great floor and his ceiling is often in the 60s at 8,600. Drummond is a strong play for me. Drummond right now is my favorite 8K option. So again, Trey, my favorite 9K early on in the day. We'll talk about this more in the live stream later. You can see my projections down below if you want to follow along. No better time to sign up for Patreon than the first of the month right now. Just the best bang for your buck. Budgeting on your end is easier, right? That type of stuff. So you sign up for Patreon today, get the projections rankings, you get MMA content, PGA content, the Super Bowl content, and just NBA content and projections every single day of the week. So be sure to check it out down below. Patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore. So we are going in alphabetical order. So now we get to Dallas and there's not a lot of interest here. Like, yes, you can get to Luca. He's a good play, right? That's all I have to say about Luca at that point. But everybody else not really in play except Josh Richardson. And Josh Richardson has played so far right now, three games now since coming back from the COVID and health protocols. He played 24 minutes and 25 minutes. So he's being limited. It wasn't great. 10 fantasy points and 13 and a half fantasy points. But then he comes out and he plays 35 minutes. And that's the minutes he was playing before this COVID stuff. Big minutes, 34, 35 minutes. Okay, he didn't play great, right? He ends up getting you 50. 15.25 fantasy points, but now the price point comes down. I'm more interested in these minutes for Josh Richardson. He's playing with Luca and Christoph Porzingis. You should not expect big fantasy point production in the 30s or 40s out of Josh Richardson. But if the difference is now he's not playing 26, 27 minutes, he's playing 34 minutes and you can rely on that somewhat, right? Now he's averaging so far this year just 0.63 fantasy points a minute. That's not great, but I think he's a better player than that. If I project him around a 0.7, 0.72 and I give him 33 to 34 minutes, again, on a slate right now at 4K flat where there's really nothing below that price point all that much in the slate, maybe Malik Monk, it's at least going to be looking interesting. He's probably, outside of Luka, the most intriguing play on Dallas for me early on. You head over to Denver, and how do you not want to play Nikola Jokic? I mean, Will Barton on this team's a fine value, but Nikola Jokic yesterday alone, he's probably right neck and neck with Giannis as your top payup options. He's cheaper than Giannis by $100. 37 minutes yesterday, you're getting the consistent 35 minutes a game now out of Jokic. This, this is the big difference, right? You're getting, in closing games, 38 minutes if the games are close, right? Yesterday, they win by a decent amount. Jokic goes off. He goes 17 of 26. 26 shot attempts is the most that we've seen out of Jokic, I believe, since the game against Phoenix, which is like a week or two ago. He scores 70 
47 and a half fantasy points. Doesn't even need the triple double, right? He goes 47 real life points, 12 rebounds, five six, picks up, picks up one block and two steals. He was fantastic in that game. It's hard not to like Jokic. It just depends on what you're trying to pay up for. If you're trying to pay up for a center, Jokic is obviously your guy. If you're trying to pay up for Giannis, and we can get to him in a second, the forward position you can slide that into, then it's Giannis. Right now, where I have them ranked out early on for me is that Giannis is grading out as my better play than Nikola Jokic early on. Again, they both look very good today. Again, it's really priority of how the rest of your lineup is being built out. Now, Will Barton got to see bigger minutes. You didn't see that many minutes from Michael Porter Jr., especially against this Utah team dating back to the bubble last year where they were just picking him apart, like left and right, just picking this guy apart from the defensive end. That's the part where Will Barton will benefit a little bit more in terms of staying on the court, and Michael Porter Jr. will have to come off. So it's kind of a match thing right it's not something that i look too far into but if you wanted to go for value in that 4k range will barton's another option for you will barton so far this year shooting 40 percent from three-point land nice to see and he's now over 0.82 fantasy points a minute on the season you go over to houston and john wall's still there at a cheap price point and john wall is somebody now that's been playing bigger and bigger minutes in that last game it blew out but he played over 15 and a half minutes 15 minutes and 43 seconds in the first half alone in that last game what is that average that basically averages around 31 and a half to 32 minutes of real life full-on game so that means the minutes are getting ramped up you might look at it and this is why the DraftKings algorithm is sometimes messed up because in that last game, John Wall doesn't play big minutes because the game blows out, but he played big first half minutes, around 16 first half minutes. He only ends up with 26 minutes and he scores 36 fantasy points. That is very good, but he's only scoring 36 fantasy points and he's only playing 26 minutes. So the algorithm is like, all right, this guy's still around the price point that he should be. We'll put him up $100. When realistically, if John Wall, that game doesn't blow out and he plays 32 minutes instead of these 26 with the blowout and he scores probably 45 fantasy points, his price point at this point is like around $8,000. So John Wall is one of your best value plays in the slate. John Wall is going to be a very difficult decision if LaMelo Ball opens up uh, with no Terry Rozier, but they're two of the probably best 6K options on the slate. We go down a little bit more now, and we're going to be getting into an interesting team on the slate in Memphis. We can scroll so you can see it on the YouTube version. Memphis is an interesting team because Jonas Valanciunas is already ruled out. And if we look into what happened in the last game minutes-wise for Memphis, it's going to uncover a good amount of stuff, right? Joe Val, he was out for that game. You have Brandon Clark at a similar price point. Brandon Clark started the game. He plays 26.3 minutes. Brandon Clark now normally picks up some personal fouls, didn't in this one, only one. And he gets checked out with, I believe, in that game a minute and 58 seconds left so he's going to play about 28 and a half minutes in that game if the game didn't blow out that's good out of brandon clark we're not expecting 33 minutes we're expecting 28 to 30 and we feel good at that price point so brandon clark didn't get you there he loses down a couple minutes but he doesn't get you there so maybe some people go away from him i'm still fine to get back to brandon clark who's not playing anywhere near as good as he did last year which i will admit to you but we're still trying to project him for kind of a balance of what we saw last year in his rookie year and this year so far brandon clark on the season is averaging 0.92 fantasy points per minute he was averaging like 1.08 last year so if we just split the difference and project him for around a fantasy point per minute he's going to look like not a standout play on the slate at $6,200 but just a good quality play and now some other options Xavier Tillman was the chalk of all chalk on that last slate in the 3k range now his price point comes up a lot he lost about six to ten minutes in that last game so you might go back at the game logs and say oh why would I play him on this slate and you don't have to with the price point up I think it's a decent spot to jump off of but he only played 21 minutes in that game well now why did he only play 21 minutes well he had four personal fouls and he picked up two of those personal fouls right when he started to come back on the court in the fourth quarter and then Memphis goes on and so he comes off the court and then Memphis goes on a 19 to 5 run to basically close out the game and lock up the victory so at that point when you're on a 19 to 5 run similar to what we talked about in the past on this channel like yesterday with Watanabe and the Toronto Raptors you're not going to take a guy off the court you're not going to call a timeout to ruin that kind of momentum that you have going on this run and then once the run is over there's like a minute left in the game so they're not going to check back in Xavier Tillman so Tillman in that game he plays 21.3 minutes he probably misses out on closing the entire fourth quarter if I'm being completely honest with you he probably misses out on that because he gets checked out because of personal foul trouble if there wasn't a massive run he might check back in for the final four or five minutes of the game so there's a decent chance that Tillman was going to play anywhere from an extra six to eight minutes so let's just call it 27 to 30 minutes in that game which is what you expect out of him which at $4,800 keeps him in play now the final guy 
that I'm interested in here. Again, alongside Clark, he was playing a good amount of minutes. Gorgie Dane yesterday did benefit by closing out the entire game because of that run that was happening, but also closing out in the blowout run. So he got a couple extra minutes. He played about 27 minutes in that game. But Gorgie Dane did see 12 and a half minutes in the first half, and a lot of his minutes were right alongside because he was basically checking in and out as the power forward spot for, at times during this game, power forward spot by Kyle Anderson. At times, Dylan Brooks kind of fell down there, but Kyle Anderson, for the most part, you had Gorgie Dane kind of just checking in and out for Kyle Anderson. So you got those 12 and a half minutes in the first half alone, which means that he was going to play about 25 minutes in this game. And that's pretty decent because Gorgie Dane, for a couple of years now, has been a really good fantasy point per minute producer, right? 1.16 fantasy points per minute on 194 total minutes so far this year. It's very good to see a 20% usage rate, a 21% defensive rebounding rate. So yeah, this is another value option for you. You have Gorgie Dane at $4,700. You have Tillman at $4,800 on this team. Those guys are probably both better plays than Clark, just from a point per dollar standpoint. Next up, you're going to have Giannis and very similar to the big minutes that you're getting out of Jokic. And again, this is why I prefer Giannis. He's just a better fantasy point per minute producer for a longer period of time than Jokic. Like Jokic is balling out this year. He's, there's no doubt about it. And he's averaging like 1.6 fantasy points per minute where Giannis in his worst year yet, basically since becoming this new alpha player is having his worst fantasy season averaging like 1.65, right? Last year he was averaging 1.8 to 1.9, but now he's playing bigger minutes. And this is the reason why you like Giannis. Like if it was last year and he's playing 30 minutes a game, well then yeah, Jokic is a better player at these price points because you're getting more minutes for similar production. But look at Giannis's game logs over the last couple of games. And these are in a lot of competitive games. So take that as you will. But 40 minutes, 35, 36, 38, 39, and 39. He's played 38 or more minutes. I mean, 35 or more in every single one of those games, but 38 or more minutes in four out of his last six games. That is elite. That's why he's scoring 72, 68, 63, 58, 66 points just off the cuff, right? And he's $1,100 and he deserves to be. So Giannis is my top payup option today. I like him ahead of Luka. I like him ahead of Jokic, although those guys are very close depending on the position, but I'm going to be prioritizing Giannis, who is now up to 1.61 fantasy points per minute in 600, 600 minutes of play so far at this point in the season for Giannis is unheard of, right? Normally he's at like the 550 mark, a 500 mark because he doesn't play anywhere near 40 minutes a game in a regular season or 38 minutes in a game. And this consistently getting over 35 per game, you're getting a massive usage rate as always, 35% a massive rebounding rate at 30% and the assist percentage at 27%. You know what you're getting out of Giannis? You're getting basically a walking 50 to 55 points, pays off this price tag with the easy, easy upside of 60 plus. And then we get to D'Angelo Russell, who at $7,000 might be the most egregiously priced player in this slate, but I would say like 700 to $1,000 at this point. Look, so he comes back from his injury. He was off for a week. He had some issues going on. He comes back in a blowout. He only ends up playing in the mid-20s a minute, so he doesn't get you there. But then his price point drops a substantial amount. And then last night, he ends up playing 31 minutes because he's back to his normal minutes at this point. It was just a blowout. The reason why he doesn't, right? Scores 21 and a half points in a blowout on the 29th against the 76ers where they lose by 24 points, so he doesn't get you there. Then the price point, he was $8,200 at that point. And literally a week and a half ago, he was $8,800, right? So almost two thousand dollars more expensive and then last night he ends up going out there playing 31 minutes he shoots 7 of 18 overall 5 of 10 from three point land gets 19 overall points in that game real life points and he plays fine but now he's seven thousand dollars so just the downsides of him are it's just tough right it would have to be a blowout it would have to be a re-aggravation of an injury at this seven thousand dollar price tag for d'angelo russell in 30 minutes of play unless you just ice cold because you know he's going to shoot 15 plus times for him not to get you there at seven thousand dollars i like lamello's brother as well and at this point he's known as lamello's brother at lonzo ball because since coming back from the injury he's playing bigger minutes at $5,500 in a matchup where he's actually shooting better as of late, which is good to see at $5,500 in this matchup against Sacramento. I like the matchup as well. I think it's a decent spot for him at 5,500 super draft multiplier. It's okay, but I'm probably not going to be getting there. Lonzo so far this season, averaging 0.93 fantasy points per minute. That's coming up in a big way. Uh, like two, three weeks ago, that was like 0.83. So it's coming up in a big way. He's shooting a lot better this year. His shooting his true shooting is above 50% now, where it was around 45% about two weeks ago. The rebounding rate at 12%. We would like to see that come up. The assist percentage is back above 20%. So Lonzo 
playing better, but also something else to call out. Nikhil Alexander-Walker in that last game, Lonzo got his minutes. Bledsoe got his minutes. Alexander-Walker saw 30-plus minutes, scores 37 fantasy points. Alexander-Walker is a value on this slate because he was taking Josh Hart's minutes. He was taking all of J.J. Reddick's minutes. So Alexander-Walker, somebody that they like a lot, somebody that I wish, uh, as of the last time I checked on NBA Top Shop, they don't have any cards of his. But a guy who's averaging 0.96 fantasy points per minute and a 23% usage rate this year, a guy who's a very good player for them, they want to get him on the court more. So they're taking minutes away from Josh Hart, a veteran that's loved there in New Orleans. They're also taking away minutes from J.J. Redick, another veteran there. So yeah, I think Nikhil Alexander-Walker is at least in play on this slate. So keep him in mind as well. But he's not cutting into Lonzo, at least in that last game's minutes, or Eric Bledsoe. It's those other players, which is really appealing to see. Emmanuel quickly is getting a lot of hype right now out of the New York Knicks. Just games in general, he's playing great. The minutes are coming up, 25, 27 minutes in the last couple of games. He is still not starting games. And maybe it's a good thing that he's not starting games, but what that doesn't give you is secure minutes. So if Emmanuel quickly at 53, dollars now the price point is massively increased and, and i get it he's been great he's averaging 1.11 fantasy points per minute that is second on, on this team only behind julius randall he's the second best fantasy producer on this team right now he's averaging a 27 percent usage rate shooting 36 and a half from three-point land and having a 24 percent assist percentage the assist percentage is second only to julius randall his usage rate right now at 27 percent is tied with julius randall he's a great player on this team can we get consistent minutes? Will we see a minimum of 25 minutes a game with the upside of 30 plus? Or do we have to kind of hope that it gets to the 24, 25 minute range, right? We've had a couple of games now with stable minutes, but two or three games isn't a very secure sample size for a whole NBA season. So at $5,300, the 1.95x multiplier in Superdraft is appealing. DraftKings, it's a fair price point if we get 26 plus minutes, but just keep in mind that the minutes they're increasing, but he's still not starting and they're not stable. But at 5,300, he's a very, I would say, boomer bust upside type of a play. He's in, that, he's in that price range or he's in that kind of similar range in terms of the type of player he is for fans as LaMelo Ball. Now, LaMelo is $1,000 more in the slate. If there's no Terry Rozier, it's more secure for LaMelo Ball today. But at $5,300, quickly, if he sees 30 minutes, he's getting you there more times than not. We scroll down now a little bit to SGA, who as always, I mean, it's just it's just to repeat the record, right? SGA, if he's not like $8,500, but he's like right around $78 to $8,200, he's a strong play. At $8,100, he's a strong play. And some blowouts lately, he's only playing like 31 minutes. But even in 31 minutes, he can get you there. He's averaging 34 minutes a game this year, averaging over 1.2 fantasy points a minute and a 27% usage rate. SGA is a quality play. At $8,100, I prefer Drummond in the 8K range. I think that Chris Paul is a very strong option and probably prefer Chris Paul if there's no Devin Booker for just $100 more. But SGA, and assuming there's no Booker, Chris Paul will pick up a lot of ownership. So SGA potentially becomes a pivot then. But SGA is the play for me. Horford's fine. Baisley's fine. These are just guys that are sort of fillers, especially at their positions. But Theo Maldon, we already talked about him. Decently in depth, so we don't have to spend much time here. A decent value. George Hill's out. In two games with no George Hill, he started, played 30 and 33 minutes. He scored 24 and about 37 fantasy points. Now, again, in that last game, he shoots six of six from three point land. If he just comes down to earth and shoots three of six, which is still very good, he's scoring nowhere near as many points for you. He's scoring 26, 27, which is still decent, but again, he's $4,300. He's not in that 3K range anymore. So if he comes out there and has a decent game where he scores 24 fantasy points, $4,300, that does it for you. That's very good. He's quote unquote like five and a half to six Xing. But if you don't play him, it doesn't kill you, but he's a good value in the slate. Just if he starts to become like the most owned guy in the slate, it's easy to get away from him. It's easy to get away from a guy who just shot six of six and everybody wants to own him because of that. When reality, his price point's coming up. He's still playing alongside high producing players like an SGA, guys that are uh, stable producers and quality producers. Some guys like an Al Horford this year, averaging over 1.5 fantasy points per minute. You have Diallo averaging over 1.05 fantasy points per minute as well, playing alongside of him at times. So let's somewhat temper our expectations on Theo Mildon, right? He's still just averaging 0.75 fantasy points per minute. He's just had a very couple of hot games at the exact same time that he's taking on more minutes. So it's going to get a lot of 
eyes on him. I think he's a quality value play, but the second we see that ownership high, I'm running away from it. Chris Paul in plays, my favorite player today from Phoenix. Aiton is still fine, but this is only if there's no Booker. Otherwise, I have no interest in any of those guys. I mean, you're just consistently seeing Chris Paul eat with no Booker. The one game the game blew out, Chris Paul only scores like I think 26 fantasy points, but he lost like seven minutes in that game. Now, he might have not gotten you there anyways, but he might have got you to like 40, and then it's just a decent game for him, right? Chris Paul averaging now 1.26 fantasy points per minute and a 45% assist percentage. Absolutely insane with no Devin Booker on the court. 26% usage. You have DeAndre Aiton up to a 1.16 fantasy point per minute producer and a 21% usage rate. So it's Chris Paul and then eight in that order for me. If you want to pick apart some other guys on this team, that's fine. Be my guest, McCall Bridges. I don't really want to touch Cam Johnson or Jay Crowder on a bigger slate in their price ranges. I think Bridges is at least okay because he can get you 36 minutes and, and just go off for 40 points just from a pure minute standpoint. But it's Chris Paul for me. You head over to Portland, still no Nurchich out there. You're just getting consistent minutes out of Ennis Cantor. And at that point, there's not that many guys in this price range of Cantors. You're either paying all the way up to like your Jokic's of the world, right? Maybe go up a thousand dollars more to eight in uh, in that range or you might just punt the position downwards, right? There's really nobody in this mid-K range in that center position. So if you're just in that range, yeah, Kenner makes for a fantastic option. Kenner averaging 1.25 fantasy points per minute, only behind Damian Lillard on this team so far this year. That'll be active because there's no McCollum. And he's shooting 65%, right? He's shooting, he's leading this team because he's shooting right close to the basket. All of Kanter's shots, right close to the basket. That's what you like to see. You like to see the high rebounding rate of 32% on the defensive end. Kanter, a strong play. Um, again, again, check out Superdraft. Sign up right now. Promo code SAL, SAL, the biggest contest that they've ever had for the NBA, $15,000 the first over 5,000 people and these contests don't fill 80% the last couple of days he is a strong a very strong center play at 1.85x multiplier might be the best center play once I finish up the projections we can talk about that on the 4 p.m live stream we head over to San Antonio where DeMar DeRozan is coming off of his worst performance of the season if you play DeMar DeRozan at a very cheap price point of $700 well you're gonna get to do that again today if you want to small forward power forward eligible he ended up going two of six in that game played just 25 minutes before the game blew up they lost by 17 to Memphis he scores 7.75 fantasy points but he's still too cheap he's still too cheap in competitive games where they don't blow out he's playing 35 minutes he's averaging so far the season well over a fantasy point per minute right now at 1.14 fantasy points per minute a 30 percent assist percentage a 24 percent usage rate Derek white did return in that last game he did play in the 20s of minutes and play very well demar Drozen is still very good now dejounte murray's price points coming up and i mean you didn't think he was going to get there at 6163 he easily did dejounte murray in that last game lost about two minutes to the blowout run so when you look at the game logs and you see oh Derek white came back and oh no dejounte murray only ended up playing in that game 28 minutes he's normally playing for us like 32 minutes a game and we really like to see that we'll just know that he lost like two and a half minutes so he was going to play 30 to 31 minutes in this game if the blowout didn't ensue so it really didn't have all that much to do with Derek right like he still has normal shot attempts at 12 he still ended up seeing his assists. the rebounds came down a little bit but that's just more of a fluky performance at just seeing four rebounds also having less minutes will tie into that so both of these guys are strongly in play I think I would prefer DeMar DeRozan now that they're closer in price point between the two of them DeMar DeRozan just locked in more so for like a 35 minute game than a DeJounte Murray is but both are strong options and if we finish up the slate with Sacramento some decent plays here if you want to chase Buddy Heald's big minutes you can Buddy Heald playing massive minutes as of late you want to chase them his price point's not moving it's very similar to a guy like Trey Young Trey Young's playing bigger minutes and just producing a ton lately and his price point's not moving Buddy Heald's price point is just staying basically at $6,500 even though he's producing at bigger minutes so I have nothing against playing him now if he was priced up I'd say yeah you're paying high for him but at this point no you're paying an appropriate price tag for a player that's getting increased usage if anything he's slightly underpriced but yeah other guys on that team Barnes he looks fine, right? He's going to continue to look fine in big marks. Bagley, if he gets the minutes, he looks fine. But the guy I like the most is going to be Tyrese Halberton, who's averaging the rookie 0.95 fantasy points per minute, shooting 42%. Insane. 42% from three-point land is basically leading this team. Barnes is also at 42%. And you're also getting other things from him. It's not just you relying on a three-point shooting from a rookie. You're getting the minutes now, 30-plus minutes in a couple of games in a row. But you're also getting a 27% assist percentage, so that's going to give you a lot of upside. You don't just have to rely on the shooting. If the shooting's not there, this guy can still go like he did two games ago against Toronto and get you 11 assists. He's had six or 
some more assists in three straight games, right? I mean, just get this. He shot four of 10 back-to-back -back games, which is decent, four of 10 from the field, but one of seven from three and two of seven from three. That doesn't sound great for a three-point shooter as a rookie. You might be like, ah, he's not going to get me there. But because of the assists, because of his activity on the boards as well, six or more rebounds in back-to-back -back games, he scored 39 and 30 fantasy points, and he's just $5,200. He's played in his last couple of games, last four games, 31, 30, 33, and 31 minutes. I'm going to feel secure about a 30-minute game from the rookie Tyrese Halburn. He's my favorite player from Sacramento at just $5,200 rooskies. So thank you for tuning in to the 10 game slate. We will be live at 4 p.m. East Coast time. Again, take two seconds of your time, smack yourself around right now, wake yourself up if for some reason you fell asleep, and tap that notification bell so you know when we're going live. Like and subscribe before you go. You can check out all the updated projections for not just this slate, but every NBA slate, rankings, that type of stuff, super draft projections down below on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore. We'll have NBA content this week. We'll have PGA content this week. We'll have Super Bowl content this week. And we will also have MMA content this week. Tons of stuff coming out for you all. Appreciate that. Check me out on Twitter as well as I'll be posting some new, sh shorter types of different types of videos I'm playing around with as well, different type of content that will be related to this space, but there'll be somewhat of a twist on it. So at Sal Vetri DFS, if you're not watching the YouTube version, if you are, it's on the screen to my bottom left. So thank you so much. I appreciate you all a ton and I'll see you all in the next one. 4 p.m. East Coast time live. See some of you then.